As I was uh, getting ready for this week's service, I was just kind of just still meditating and just soaking in everything that God had did last week and just the uh, the wonderful, wonderful presence of God. And, and I just sensed in my spirit that God once again was just really wanting to do something uh, during our time of praise, during our time of worship. Uh, and one of the things that we got to be careful and got to guard against. You know, we, we, we talk about tradition and we talk about routine and agendas and, you know, just ruts. Uh, but when God begins to move and things begin to change, you got to be careful that you don't step into another rut, you know, and, 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 and just another routine. And uh, so it was just like I just felt Holy Spirit just saying, listen, you know, you're not trying to duplicate what happened last week. Uh, what you need is a fresh move of God and fresh direction uh, and a fresh experience. And uh, so I believe that God wants to do that. And we're going to get back into the praise and worship here. Uh, but I just felt like maybe after this first song, just sharing with you what God had laid upon my heart <clears throat> to maybe kind of help you as we go back into the presence, as we just chase God, to just kind of help you maybe just go a little further this morning uh, than what maybe you've been going. Or just to bring a little more understanding and revelation uh, to what God, I believe, is just kind of up to and doing. And when we go back into that praise and worship, I want to invite you, if, if you know, if and, and you're going to get more understanding as far as basically what I'm feeling the Spirit say as I begin to share here with you in just a moment. Uh, but uh, during that time, if, if God's moving upon you to give a word to somebody, uh, to just go to somebody and pray or just to give them a scripture or whatever. You, you be obedient to God. Okay? Just, just be obedient to God this morning. Uh, obedience is better than all the sacrifice we can ever give him. So that's, that's what we want this morning. And I understand that we're a body. And that we need to function as a body. This is not, it's not a one-man show in the sense that we're looking at it, but technically it is a one-man show. And that's who we want to see. Yeah. I pray all the time, I pray, God, just hide me in the shadows. Let them come face to face with you this morning. Let them hear you. Praise team, you can keep playing, you guys can relax, just, this is just going to, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I'll, I'll get with, through with it as quick as I can so we can uh, get back into chase mode, but uh, 
Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. I think we can get that on the screen for you this morning. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Reading out in the New Living Translation. And I want to use, I'm going to use some other scriptures, but I want to use, take this as our text this morning. I just want to draw from this and, and see what we can see in this story uh, that we can apply to our lives and, and just maybe help us. How many would just love to just, just go deeper with God, deeper in His presence? I know I would. Uh, I, I was raised uh, in a Christian home. Uh, I was a PK most of my life. Uh, there was some time where Dad evangelized, you know, and then uh, there was some times where he pastored. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, in the parsonage home, but then in the evangelist home, you know, all that to, together. But. Uh, I cut my teeth on, on the pews of the church. I just, that's all I've known. But I want to know him more. I want to know him deeper. And I feel in this season of my life a tugging and a drawing of God's love. Come a little closer. Come a little deeper. One of the Pharisees, remember the Pharisees is symbolic. They were the religious sect of that time. They were the religious. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. <laughs> Don't you love it when Christ does that? Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debt. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, <clears throat> Look at this woman kneeling here. Picture her in your mind. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss. But from the time I came into this place, from the very first, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy 
of olive oil to anoint my head. She has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man? That he goes around forgiving sins. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Understand that worship is all about loving God. Our lives are living sacrifice. We worship God with song. We worship Him with music. Worship Him with words. We worship Him with action. We love Him with our lives. I want you to see this morning that when the immoral woman learned Jesus was in the house, she went there to love on Jesus. While the religious... Just sat and watched. Just sat and watched. I want us to go to John chapter 4 and verse 23. And I want to point something out to you here. John 4 and 23. New Living Translation. Stay in that translation. I think we got that on the screen. John 4 and 23. Jesus tells the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. True worshipers. Will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. He's looking this morning. You see, if we're not careful, we'll come to the house. And we'll be satisfied to feast on a status, a sermon, a song, or even a person. While God sits at the table and goes hungry. If we're not careful... We'll be satisfied to feast on a song, a sermon, a status, a person, while God sets and hungers and looks for true worship. And that could be because like the Pharisee who said, if he were a prophet, go ahead teacher, and who is this man? We don't realize whose presence we're in. First he calls him a prophet. Then he tells him, go ahead, teacher. And then they ask, who is this man? Apparently they could not come to the conclusion of who he was. In Matthew 12, 6, 41 and 42, Jesus says, someone greater than the temple 
Someone greater than Jonah and someone greater than Solomon is here. Can I say that to you this morning? Somebody greater than the temple, somebody greater than Jonah, somebody greater than Solomon is here this morning. Somebody greater than you, somebody greater than me. Somebody greater than your favorite singer, somebody greater than your favorite preacher. Somebody greater than your mama, somebody greater than your daddy. Somebody greater than your grandma, somebody greater than your grandpa. Somebody greater than anything, any place, or any person is here this morning. When we, like the Pharisees, begin to talk to ourselves or just think something concerning God, you might as well just go ahead and say it out loud because he hears it. And to him, it's conversation time. <laughs> you ever just have a thought to yourself? And then you, you catch yourself answering the question of that question? <clears throat> you know who I believe asked that question? God. See, all of a sudden, the conversation has started. And a lot of times, we're not even aware that we're carrying on one with God. We think it's just ourselves. Can you imagine when Jesus, when he heard that, can you imagine him saying, oh no, she didn't. You mean to tell me a prostitute just touched me? How in the world did she get past security? Where are the ushers at? Doesn't she know that we don't do that here? in this place did she not get a church handbook when she got in here somebody please tap her on the shoulder and get her to calm down no not at all not at all that wasn't his reaction because God, Jesus, is not afraid of your sin. He doesn't get nervous when he gets around sinners. Remember, he's already dealt with your sin. And I really thought whether I wanted to share this or not. And I really struggled with it. But I just kind of want to jack with your theology a little bit this morning. So, please understand that I'm not trying to add anything. I'm not trying to take anything away. I understand perfectly the plan of salvation. I understand that God sent his son into the world. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He sent his son as a sacrifice. He sent his son to die. He sent not his son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. I understand that you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. I understand that. I understand all of that. I'm not belittling any of that. I understand that Jesus is the only way. There's no other way. But he said, woman, your sins are forgiven. 
Now, I don't know, maybe she did, but I didn't see anywhere in there where she asked to be forgiven. I didn't see any words in there where she repented. Now, I, I just seen this stuff myself this week, okay? I'm still trying to get it figured out. But I'm just sharing it with you. Pastor's just thinking out loud this morning, okay? I'm just thinking out loud this morning. In Matthew 9, and you can go there and you can read it yourself. They brought a paralyzed man in. And they put him before him. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. And the religious crowd got mad and upset about it. And he said, well, which is easier to say, your sins be forgiven or rise up, take up your bed and walk. But so that you will know that the Son of Man hath power to forgive sin here on earth. Now, if you'll go to... I think it's Luke chapter 23 and verse 33 and 34. Luke 23, 33 and 34. Jesus has just been crucified, beat up, just treated as awful as a man has ever been treated. And he's hanging there between heaven and earth. And this is his prayer. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It never says that they ask for repentance. It never said that they were sorry for what they'd done. But I'm just wondering, when he said, Father, forgive them of their sin, that they don't know what they're doing, were they forgiven? So I'm wondering, did Jesus lose any power when he went to the right hand of the Father? Or does he still reserve the power and the authority to say, I pardon and forgive that sin? Glory to God. they weren't able to pray they weren't able to ask but I reserve that I have the authority and the power to forgive sin on earth you've got the religious people who are viewing their sins as little and they're sitting around the table with God And their flesh is conducting relationship as business. While the worshipers who recognize the greatness of their sins are absolutely wrecked. And just loving all over any part of God they can get to. Which in this story was his feet. You can quote me on this. Write it down. When the awareness of the reality that God is in the church. When the awareness of the reality that God is in the church overtakes the church, it'll transform the way we do church. Thank the Holy Spirit for that. When the awareness of the reality that God is in the church 
overtakes the church, it'll transform the way we do church. In Luke 4, they threw Jesus out of the church because they didn't know him (laughs) as the foundation of the church, God in the flesh. And see, much of the church is still throwing Jesus out, choosing their religious people, pleasing agendas, because the Holy Ghost-led service doesn't look like God to them. It doesn't feel like God to them. In Matthew 21, Jesus reveals God in the church. And the children begin to break out in perfect praise and worship while the lame and the blind are being healed. Glory to God. Jesus didn't stop the woman in our text because the Lord is looking for worshipers. Who will stay in the spiritual waters of his presence and just soak. That's what we were doing last week. We were just staying in the spiritual waters of his presence and just soaking. She did everything that she could to linger there. She didn't want to rush through this thing. She cried. She washed. She dried. She poured on perfume. And she just kept kissing. As a matter of fact, Jesus said she hadn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in here. Did we start kissing him when we got up this morning? Have we been kissing him since we entered this place? See, that's where the in spirit and in truth comes in. Can I kiss Jesus this morning? You can in spirit and in truth. In the truth of who he is and the truth that he's here and in the spirit. Yes. I'm, 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 let me wrap this up right here, and then we're going we're going to get we're going to go into chase mode. We're just going to start chasing. I think it was Paul saying, I, "I was trying to apprehend him, and he turned around and caught me." I remember Tommy Tenney kind of shared an illustration about you know little children, and you know, uh, you know playing chase and, and, and them trying to catch you. They. A little, a little child, I can bring a little child in here out of toddler class. Or, 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 and they, they couldn't catch me. I know, I, I know I'm old, but I'm not slow. Uh, but they couldn't catch me unless I wanted them to. We can't catch God unless he wants us to. Unless he allows us to. And he wants us to. You know, you get to chasing and that little child gets to giggling and gets to laughing and stuff. And all of a sudden, your heart is touched. And all of a sudden, instead of them chasing you, you're chasing them. You just want to hug them, and you just want to love them, and you just want to kiss them. And I think that's the way it is with God. I think we just get to giggle it and, and, and feel His love and His peace and His joy. And our spirit just begins to bubble over. And God says, man, that's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my baby. All of a sudden, shh. We're in the holies of holies. 
Luke 10, 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Notice who welcomed him into the house. Martha welcomed him into the house. But it was Mary that found the greatest place. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, all the religious sect, they were praying for the Messiah to come. They're the one that welcomed in the earth. But it was the poor, the lame, the blind, the sinner that received the greatest blessing. Go ahead and hit those house lights. In looking at this last few scriptures, some of us, probably all of us, we need to take a rest from our works like Mary and just soak. Just soak. Just soak. I'll tell you what, I, I, I just left last week. Oh my goodness. Just soak. When I thought about something this week, when you have clothes or dishes or whatever, With hard to remove stains, dirt, and crud, junk that has attached itself to the material. That weights it down or makes it look ugly. What do you do? You have to let it soak in the substance for a longer time to get them to the place that they should be or that they need to be. I'll tell you something. There is definitely good stuff happening in the lives of those who are willing to stay in God's soaking cycle a little longer. Can we just stand? Can you just lift your hands with me in this place? Father, our desire is that you would fulfill your purpose in our lives and in this house. I pray, show us your glory, manifest your presence, and I pray that you would trench us with the fragrance of God. I pray, Lord, that your perfect will be done here on earth in our lives in this house this morning as you bless according to your will. In Jesus' name, give him praise this morning. Kiss the feet of Jesus.